Guys, we're back. Yeah. We're back. And we hey, have some good news. We have. There's news. It feels like. <laughs> and of course, I hear like a vroom, motorcycle vroom. by the moment we start. God dang it. We're in the middle of a heat wave, so got to keep the window open, ladies and gentlemen. Guys, I, I have to ask you that we have really not had anything real hockey related news wise for about the past nearly two months, it feels like. Yeah. But yeah. yesterday. <laughs> just got so much i had about 22 screenshots on my phone and i'm someone who never has photos but it was just news news it felt like yesterday was normal again so how did it feel for you guys we'll start off there it felt it, it was interesting you know we knew that Batman was going to make the announcement we already kind of had this idea of what the playoffs was going to look like we were finally going to know what the draft lottery and the draft was going to look like. And things kind of start start pouring out uh, midday before Bettman made the announcement. You know what it felt like? It felt like free agency, where things just kind of started dropping. Yeah, news, 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 news. Daniel, how did it feel for you? Yeah, it felt like a barrage of, like, you know, we're, we're getting, like, you know, hints that, yeah, these things are going to come up. And then suddenly, official, all these things coming out. Um, you know, I like now that we have a good structure about where everything's going and how we're going to assess the next few months. I know that for us, there's a lot of speculation on that here on the show and how things are going to go. I remember our really crazy uh, playoff formats. Oh, <laughs> yeah, those were great. But uh, I'm happy to see that things are really taking shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still do have many questions, as you're kind of saying there, but yeah. the league has really done a good job of you know providing a lot of info for the next step. We have a lot to get to, but you talk about how it was a, a barrage. It kind of felt like you're leading your, your, your clone troopers into battle, and all of a sudden they turn on you. <laughs> oh. 66 here, because if you're a loyal listener of the show, you're going to realize, wait a minute, uh, today is supposed to be Bizarre Adventures. And I feel your pain, ladies and gentlemen, because it was my it was my week to pick, and we were gonna look at episode three of Star Wars: Revenge of the Sith. But then, with everything coming out, we just kind of made the decision that you no, know, we need to do a full-on hockey episode. But on Sunday, we will be doing uh, Bizarre Adventures again. But we'll, we'll go straight into the hockey because we just have. I don't even want to say it's a power hour. It's just gonna be multi-point this, 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 this. But I wanted to quickly add. I have like nine, ten points, but I want to start with point. 0.5, guys. And that is, congratulations all of a sudden. Alex Ovechkin has a second son. Yeah. Congratulations. And because he's Russian, there's only about five names to choose from. Congratulations to the birth and well-being of Ilya Ovechkin. I love Congrats. It. <laughs> Named after Kovacek, probably. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. But good for Ovi, eh? Yes, but both of course. Them, both of them have to be 50 goal guys, otherwise they're just... Nothing's going to happen, right? You know, they, they those kids have such expectations on them. Get the stick in hand right now and start taking one tease, guys. Well, that's if they play hockey. Yeah. I think God, all right? You they might play basketball, you never know. It's growing. <laughs> it is. Hey, man. You know what's really weird about that? I saw Ovechkin. It was it was him and his wife, and they were in a, what looked like a hospital room, and they were, like, together in that. So I wonder if they're in Russia or they're in, it's okay there or if they're in Washington. Oh, it's not okay in Russia. Oh, but, yeah. Hey, I, I mean, I, if, I'm, if I'm an NHLer, I'm not going back to Russia with all this going. I, I'm assuming – 
listen, I don't, I'm not going to make fun of Russia, but... Um, I don't want you to get killed. <laughs> but d- I don't know if you heard, mirac- miraculously, three doctors fell out of a window. Really? Yeah. And, oh, uh, and, and, and th- those three doctors just happened to speak out about certain things about COVID-19 and the government. Uh, I'm Alex. I don't want to be that guy, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna move on because I I you know uh, yeah, obvious yeah. reason. Um, <laughs> you're scaring me. I gotta look out my window to see if there's a black window tinted as SUV. <laughs> guys coming out in suits dressed like the guys from Men in Black. But we'll go to the first real point of the show here, and that's that. It, it seems to be that the Hall of Fame selections for this year are gonna be start. Uh, they're gonna be selected online, of course, because you know you've got obviously you need to social distance. You've got guys like Lainey McDonald, or you know more exposed to the uh, to the virus. So. Alex, I'm not going to ask you this because I think you know where I'm going to go with this. But, yeah. Daniel, there's every year there's that question of does this guy deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? There seems to be a bit of a standard. So I'm going to read you someone's stat line. I want you to tell me whether they should be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. This player, 1,424 games. Oh, that's a lot. They had 522 goals, 541 assists for 1,063 points, 2,905 penalty minutes, fun fact. In 117 playoff games, 62 points, 26 goals, 225 penalty minutes. A two-time All-Star in 91 and 96, won the Stanley Cup with the Dallas Stars in 1999, and a former captain of an NHL team. Does that player deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. Is this Mike Medano? It is not Mike Medano. No, Mike Medano. Uh... No, because he's at 1,499 games. Oh, true. Daniel definitely knows who it is. But he just can't think of it. <laughs> if I told you who he was the captain of, you'd probably get it. But I just want you to tell me, does that player, 500 goals, 1,000 games played, nearly 3,000 penalty minutes, does that player, two-time All-Star, deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I Congratulations. So. As Jeff Merrick would say, because this is if we ever have Jeff Merrick on the show, I'm going to ask him this oh because he God. loves giving this. Congratulations, <laughs> Daniel. You just put Pat Verbeek into the Hall of Fame. Who is it? Oh, Fatchett Veerbeek. Oh, okay, yes, now I remember him. Yep, Pat Verbeek. The former uh, Whalers great. Yeah, the guy, I believe, who went to Brian Burke who because he did the team didn't like Brass Bonanza, I think? He yeah. was the captain who said, hey, change it. And then, man, that song is more popular than the Whalers themselves. That, that one threw me off because I remember, what, like, okay, it's pretty funny. I used to just know this because, you know, the Opeachy uh, hockey cards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I used to get a lot of these from like garage sales before. So I, I got a lot of like the old '80s and '90s cards. So like when I saw this guy's stats, I was like, "Man, this guy goes off, especially for the Whalers." And then yeah. you see his later career. Uh, yeah, he won the cup. I'm like, it yeah. doesn't really like the two All Star selections like threw me off. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That's something to think about. <laughs> uh, now probably one of the more famous known scouts in the NHL with Steve Eiserman in Detroit. Big loss for Tampa Bay when you think about it. Uh, but first of all, we're going to more NHL news. And loss of the shuffle yesterday was the news that Jason Bottrell will return to Buffalo straight season. Uh, now the Sabres with missing this year's play-in will now have missed the playoffs for nine straight seasons. So, See, oh, go, sorry. <laughs> I, I just wanted to read you a tweet from one of the co-owners of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, oh. t- uh, sorry. Quote, he's our GM. Our plan is to continue with him, Pagula said in a conference call with AP. 
I realize maybe it's not popular with fans, but we have to do things that we feel are right, she said. We have a little bit more information than maybe a fan does. Some inner workings that we see some positives in. Okay, so I'd love to know what the positives are. This guy hasn't done anything in four years, and the Sabres haven't done anything in nine. This is the issue I have. Is The issue I have is I don't know who to blame. Because there's blame to be passed. I think there's blame to be passed around on a lot of on a lot of people, right? Like you look at the signings that he made. Like you bring in Marcus Johansson, right? That that doesn't seem like a bad move. Two years, four and a half million. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a higher, if he got a longer term offer from someone. Mm-hmm. You, you br- yes, you bring in Wayne Simmons for what was it a fourth or a fifth? I believe it was a fourth. It, it's not the worst move, right? Like that guy brings a presence to the room, and and I think that's why they brought him in. Like the biggest problem in Buffalo is, I think, their leadership. If you mm-hmm. like, can you name me anyone who's a strong leader in that room? Uh, Jack Eichel. <laughs> and there, I mean, I mean, I don't even want to. Uh, some people will blame Jack Eichel. I mean, he plays for a team that before they even drafted him, they kind of, they gave off the impression that he was a consolation prize. And again, he is how old? Twenty-two. Twenty-three. He exactly. He's he's that young. <laughs> He'll still be if, if, even. I know he has well, a big deal, but he'd still be an RFA for you know the next few I, years. I, I, mean, I remember the rumors before the draft, where everyone before the draft lottery, everyone's like, "Oh, can you imagine?" Um, <sighs> Evander Kane playing with Connor McDavid in Buffalo. That's why they made the trade for, for yeah. Evander Kane. I remember that. It, it's, 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 I, I don't know who to blame, right? Like that, that's what it comes down to because I think you can't put the blame on one person. I, I, I think, Montreal, sorry, Daniel, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. I just kind of think, like, I don't want to say it this way, but like, it's the issue of like the dead money on that team. To be honest, yeah. where I kind of feel that they just kind of dug deep into like the free agency pool or like the contracts when you know it was kind of expected. Like I, I admit, like any team that wanted scoring would do these moves. Right. It's just unfortunate how these have like Kyle Pozo. I know like he has injury issues. It's just that's a really high cap it for a long time. Right. And then Jeff Skinner kind of just resorting back to I don't know that like middle Not of the nine pack. million dollar Jeff Skinner. Yeah, he has twenty three points this season. <laughs> the thing that the thing that confuses me, and I think this is why I'm, I think Buffalo does have potential, is that a team. How many games in a row they did they win? Ten, right? Mm-hmm. They did the same thing last year, and they then they hit a low point, and it's not even their lowest point. They hit a low point, and they can't bounce back up. That's the issue with this team. I think if you look at each individual player, I think they have a decent team. Mm-hmm. But when they hit a low point, and I'm sorry, obviously there's it's leadership, whether that's with the actual players themselves, whether that's with uh, coaching, whether that's with management, whether that's with ownership. I think when it comes to leadership, I think you can put blame on each each branch. You can put blame on ownership, can put blame on management, and you can most definitely put blame on coaching. 
and the I captain did. and the captain. I mean, it, it's hard to put. I I don't know if I can blame Jack Eichel that much because this is a franchise that has been dead in the water long before Jack Eichel got there. And I mean, it's more than to me. It's a lot more than leadership. I mean, they don't have a goaltender. They haven't had one since Brian Miller. Brian Miller. Brian Miller. When he was I, younger. I mean, yeah. I mean, and we've disagreed on this deal on the show before, but like, I still am very strong that you, you know you blew the Ryan O'Reilly deal. You, I mean, Casey Millosat hasn't been good. I mean, besides Sam Reinhardt, Jack Eichel, Rasmus Dahlin, again, few first overall top five picks there. Who else have they really developed? And like, I, I definitely put a lot of blame on Botro because again, you've been there for four years, and I mean, I don't think you've taken a step forward with the team. Yeah. Right. What is oh, it? Uh, absolutely. Uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, he hasn't um, restocked the cupboards yet. That's been a uh, this uh, ESPN article uh, talked about it today, where just like there's no depth at Rock Esther. And they have a lot of UFAs coming up. Uh, we'll move on from Buffalo though, just because there's so much. And of course, they will be a team to keep an eye on out for because again, they have they have some work to do on the off season though. Uh, but. Amongst all, we we'll start getting to real news coming out of Gary Bettman, especially uh, yesterday. And the nineteen twenty regular season, guys, is done. Yep. It's officially done. And at first, we all kind of saw, all right, so Drysidle, he's got the Art Ross, uh, Pasternak, Ovechkin, sweet, there we go. They've got the uh, they've got Maurice Richards, but then yep. you think, oh, they've missed on fifty. A whole piece, a shutout away from yeah. setting a new record for the Caps. But now it seems to say that you know, the idea we're getting guys from like Elliot Freeman that is we don't exactly know what's going to happen with the stats from these qualifying round robin type games yet. So I, I'm <laughs> I yeah. let you guys I'm hesitant to say something yet, and I guess instead of talking about those possible awards again, also Halak and uh, and Tukaras maybe getting the Jennings here yes. is. Is maybe we could talk about where do you guys seeing these stats from these kind of in between games going? Because I think it's a damn good question. It's definitely an interesting point, and I think that was one of the things I got out of uh, from Bettman's uh, fifteen-minute press conference on uh, Sportsnet. It, it's difficult to say because if you look at it from this year, um, you look and say, you know, okay, yes, they let's say. Uh, give me Crosby gets ten points in the first in the play-in round against Montreal, which is definitely possible, right? Like players will put up points. Where do those points count this year? But when their career ends, what do those points look like? Does it say you know you have regular season points, you have playoff points, and then you have that one year where you had to have a play-in round. What happens with those 10 points? And yes, they're insignificant, but what if Ovechkin was in the play-in round and he was five goals away from Gretzky and he had six goals in the play-in round? What happens oh, then? Oh, that's, that's an interesting scenario. Right? Yeah. So, Man, uh, yeah, that's... Scenario. In, yeah. in my opinion, I think you know. I think we know as fans that this was a play-in round, but I really do think because they're really pushing the idea, or it seems to me that they're pushing the idea that this play-in round is not the playoffs. Just the way no. they word it, right? You, they call it the play-in round, then they call it the first round, then the second round. 
So it seems to me that it's quite clear that they're trying to push the the idea that this playing round is not the playoffs. So I think at the end of the day, those those stats end up being put into regular season points. But I think as fans, we know that there's 10 points or there's 5 points or there's 7 points that, you know, those were in that playing round in the year 2020. Mm-hmm. Daniel, what about you? Because, I, you know, just some stuff in front of me again. Ovechkin and, and Dreisaitl, just short of 50. Austin Matthews in there as well. Uh, Connor McDavid's at 97 points. Again, we talked about, it's been talked about a lot with the Caps. Um, mm-hmm. Braden Holtby, who might not be a capital next year, just short of the shutout record for them. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. Like, Alex brings up a lot of really good points where, I don't know, I just think about when you look now, like, when we, you know, with us, we always look at their stats through the years. So all these things, like, is there going to be, like, a separate subsection now that goes, like, play in round or kind of thing? Or are we going to add that to something else? It, it is an interesting thing because it's, like, in one way, it's this is so unprecedented where we don't know where this is going to go. But at the same time, too, just it is kind of like those cutoffs with all, like, a lot of those guys where they wanted to, like, hit those marks. Mm-hmm. And we, we wouldn't have a problem you guys adding those those uh those points to regular season, right? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, especially like I said, like the way the league is making it out to seem that hey, this isn't the playoffs. This is the play-in round. I'm okay adding it to the regular season. Mm-hmm. It's like limbo in a way. It's like yeah. not quite the regular season, not quite the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, more news from the commissioner. Yes, what, what a busy day. Um, let's take a second to say thank you to Donald Freer, president of the EPA, um, deputy, NHL's deputy commissioner, Bill Daly, yeah. and Gary Bettman, commissioner. Um, what a busy day for them and all, all the work that the NHL and the PA have been doing to resume play. Uh, they're the first real, I think, North American big league to really start getting ahead on some stuff. So congratulations to the NHL. I love you guys. Uh, but we've been talking a lot about hub cities lately. Uh, Batman put forth about 10 cities, I think it was, about potential hubs for right. the playoff, all these type of cities here. Uh, even though apparently like the cup final in that may be in home cities, but that's nothing quite confirmed yet. Like yeah. a, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. All ten, speculation. Yeah. Uh, the 10 cities probably trying to get one in the east and one in the west. The Chica- uh, Sorry, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, uh, Toronto, Vancouver, Pittsburgh, and one that seems to be a lock, Las Vegas. Yeah. So I guess if we can just say Vegas is a lock for the West, what do you do for an Eastern team? Because Canada's 14-day quarantine is a factor. And we need to remember Chicago is basically in the East as well. So mm-hmm. I'm just pulling this article up here for one, one second. But pretty much it says Bill Daly wants to have a Canadian hub city. But it, it really does look like that 14-day isolation period um, could prevent that in a way. So for me i'm thinking trudeau isn't really i don't think he's gonna budge on it as much if you look at the way uh trump and trudeau are kind of looking at the sports leagues i think trump is a little more open to saying hey we'll take the sports whatever whereas trudeau's like listen you have to do 14 days that's it and it's nothing against trudeau or it's you know it's just the way it is 
right? Like we're mm-hmm. in a very different time. This isn't normal. So mm-hmm. for him to say that, I don't mind it at all. It's not like I'm going to go. It's not like I'm going to watch a game. Yeah. Right? I'm watching it on my couch. So yeah. I, I really think Edmonton, Vancouver, and Toronto are kind of uh, – away from the pack. And, and to be honest, I don't think Toronto should be considered at all. I think it seemed like things were going well. And then just lately, yeah. it seemed like things are kind of going backwards. We No one knows what's really going on. Uh, it, mm. it seemed very messy. Whereas, you know, looking at Edmonton and Vancouver, I think British Columbia probably has handled it quite well. You know, of the three big provinces in um, Ontario, Quebec, and British Columbia, I, I really think British Columbia has handled it well. Yeah. Um, if we're looking at the U.S., I think that's pretty much where they're going to be playing all their games in the U.S. Las Vegas, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think Los Angeles might be an option too, um, just looking at it, because, you know, obviously the NBA is really in with Disney, about that idea and getting it playing at Disney, uh, Disney World. I don't know Disney World, Disneyland. Mickey Mouse with the tip off. Whichever one is in, uh, whichever one is in Florida, I believe. Oh, Disney World. I, I think Disney there's World. one in yeah. LA too. Yeah, that's right? the Disneyland. Yeah, that's Wh- whatever uh, ones. Whatever ones in LA, that's yeah. one that they could consider as well. And, and oh, that was it's in Orange County. Orange County. I remember it's close to yeah, Anaheim, the, is it not? It's the, Yes, it's near the Honda Center. Right, it's close to Anaheim. Um, that that's a potential option for them as well. I really think if they want to stick to somewhere in the East, Columbus seems to be an option, or Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they go Chicago a though. Small city though. That's why, like, I'm thinking about too, a like s- a small city. Yeah, Pittsburgh's not big. I don't think they care if it's big or small. If they can house... And and the thing is... So I think they had up to 50 people, right? That was kind of their max of personnel. Mm -hmm. So if they can do 50 times 12... That's six... If they can house 600 players and personnel in a hotel... Whether that has to be one, two, or multiple hotels... That's probably going to be the case. If you look at the cities on the list... What places are going to be able to fit 600 people in a hotel? Because everyone's going to have to be in their own room. Hold hold, hold on. Las Vegas. Daniel, what were you saying there? I feel like we interrupted you. Oh, no. I was saying I agree with Pittsburgh. Like, I, it's like that kind of thing, too. It is small. What I kind of felt with it was it's just, it's a bit more low key than like Toronto or something. I feel like what's been happening with Toronto recently with like a lot of this, I kind of roll back on things where. There are people more going out. It's going to be another excuse for more people to come out, I think. So, um, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do that, to be honest. Um, I am, like, agreeing with Alex here that, you know, if it has to be in the West, all of it, like, I don't mind. It doesn't have to be, like, an East-West balance. Like, they're going to play games throughout the entire day. Like, they're yeah. going to start at, like, noon, they're start at 10 a.m., and they're going to play until 11 o'clock at night. Plus, like, let's let's be honest. If they need to move a game in a, a little bit earlier in Western time to fit the East, I think they're going to do it. They don't yeah. have – no one's going to watch. No one's in the – like no one has to go watch this game in person. I, I'm just saying though for right? you know the people – the, there are going to be those people in the East that say, I don't want to stay up to this. Well, well guys, like, let's be honest. Listen, they're going to make it. 
if they're going to the West games, I wouldn't be surprised if what they do in the West is usually they have that 10 o'clock game, right? Mm -hmm. And that would be 7 p.m. on the West, on the West Coast, right? They can do that. They can do that. Yeah. With the West. But for the East, you're going to play earlier times. I mean, hey, hey, well, um, it's definitely, it's going to be more speculation for that second city because Vegas, obviously, when we look at facilities, Vegas is easily the best one to house, you know, large groups of people. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's going to complain about staying in a Vegas hotel. They can fit and- everyone in one hotel. I, but do you want to fit anyone in one hotel? I don't think you want to do that. I think but that wait, would be the case, though. I think the safer option is to not do that, though, because again, these are still sweaty. These are still sweaty boys. They I love know. to be. They're gonna spin on the ice and all this kind of stuff. I think. I feel like. It, I think it's Vegas. There's plenty of hotels. Right, but what the issue is is that that hotel has to be shut down. So let's say they go the MGM and the Bellagio. Sure, they split it 300-300, but let's say they have 300 more rooms in each hotel. No one can stay in that hotel except for NHL personnel. I don't think the hotels would be happy with that. But then if you have everyone in one hotel, there's that much greater a risk of, of you know... The UFC did it. Contamination. Yeah, but the I think it's it's a lot more staff to do with the NHL. No, but if each person has their own room, which is how I believe the UFC did it, and the UFC, no one, th- that's why, like, the thing is, we're doing all this speculation, and we have zero, like, their phase four, which is going to the hub cities, isn't finalized, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest issue, that because obviously we don't know that, we don't know mm-hmm. what it is. I think it's an issue that we don't know it, but we'll know it eventually. Hey, as as Tim's Tim and Sid and Alec Freeman said on uh, on Tim and Sid yesterday, at least we're having a sport debate. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, it looks like that the NHL their next phase phase three of return to play seems phase to be two. going on. Phase two, sorry. Um, it's really going into action now. One of the bigger headlines was it looks like the league are aiming to have training camps at the mid to late July mark. I think Batman said flat out before July first is not happening. So that right. means it's a fair enough guess that playoffs in August. And we also know that it looks like each team will have two exhibition games before starting the qualifier. I believe that was from Elliot Friedman as yes. well. Of the many big sources, Friedman was the bigger one. <laughs> hey, Love was, the beard, by the way. He, uh, showing off. It's it's going. <laughs> it, I, they asked him, hey, you want to cut it down? He's like, oh, I'm on summer vacation. No. It, it's a it's a mop. It is a mop. A dirty mop. But I, I love th- it. Yeah, I think their phase, the phase two, I think is going to be a very um, interesting thing that they're going to have to deal with, especially for those Canadian teams. Um, you know, looking at player, like there's players who have to come from Sweden, like they have to come from Europe, correct? Or, right. So what happens? Let's say William Nylander. That's just I'm going to use him as an example. There's lots of players that we can use as an example. I'm just using him. He's nice in, leaf, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. He's <laughs> playing in he's playing 
or he's in Sweden right now. He has to come back and wait 14 days before he can start participating in practice or in these mini camps. You know, I, I think this was kind of uh, rumored, talked about, nothing confirmed. But hey, if you know where the hub cities are, and we're pretty sure that's not going to be in Canada, why don't we send Toronto to the U to their hub city or five players plus Nylander or take all the players from Europe and send them to your hub city and they can practice there. Uh, by the way, one thing I forgot to mention, this is a tweet from Pierre Lebrun. Uh, Batman says the league probably needs to decide on the two hub cities within three to four weeks. Yeah, that's, that is what I believe Batman said as well. So, so that's something I think they, they, they should talk about, especially for those Canadian teams who have European players coming back mm-hmm. and saying, hey, we're having training camp now. But now what happens is those European players come back and have to wait an extra two weeks before starting practice. Mm-hmm. So it's well, something they should look at. Yeah. Daniel, does it put a smile on your face? Knowing that we've taken another step here, and we're gonna, you know, we're gonna get some exhibition games. Looks like we're gonna get a training camp. How do you feel knowing we've taken another little step forward? A lot to work out, but it's another step. Yeah. This is pretty fun. Two things. Uh, I keep, I feel like I'm saying that a lot. So the first thing, every time we say Phase Two or Phase, I just think of the Marvel movies. To be honest. Same. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're entering Phase Two. Um, I don't know. It's it's exciting time. It's hard to like. It's like a self-contained kind of thing where, like, there's so many, like, like, I guess, like, on the surf, like, the surface, you, you you are happy that these things are opening up. But at the same time, too, like, you kind of hold things back because same thing like what Alex says, you know, you there's so many factors to think about when you have so many players, like, from all around the world who are comprising of your team. And, you know, they've been in their home countries for quite some time. Um, a second thing, too, is just, I don't know, like, I know that we, like, talk about these things that we love all the stuff like all the sports stuff but like you know it's just kind of like things haven't opened up the way people think it has i think that sometimes you get excited when these announcements come up or it's at the same time too when like the weather's getting better you know we've had that issue already with trinity bellwoods that you know people are i know are anxious and they want to kind of move on with these things but like i always gotta take it with a grain of salt going like thinking that you know we we need to kind of still take all these precautions. Like I'm all for hockey coming back, but I just want it to be done properly. Right. For sure. And I think that's a lot of people's concerns. Um, I was listening to SDP, the one that came out yesterday. And I think that was their biggest concern. Right. And I think not just their podcast, I think most people are saying the same thing. Like as as long as they can get it done safely. Yeah. Right? And, and, Just, I, and I think that's the biggest concern for a lot of leagues. And right now, all we're kind of seeing is leagues saying, hey, this is how we're going to set up our league when we come back. But they haven't really said anything about how they're going to do it safely. It, and I don't necessarily see that as a problem. I think it's right now, it's good that they have a p- plan in place. Right, mm. I think Batman was clear. Like, we're not coming back until number one. 
we think we're told it's safe to come back. And number two, when we have a plan in place, when it comes to testing and things along those lines. Yeah. I just have like this hypothetical thing in my mind where I think about where, you know, okay, number one, the the really warm, nice weather. Second, like these two, like, you know, Montreal and Toronto, like, you know, hockey deprived big market cities, right? What happens if one of these teams wins like a really crucial round? playoffs are you gonna I'll stop cry. people from coming yeah cry. yeah yeah that oh, plus man. are you gonna are you gonna stop crowds from coming out like celebrating that yes you oh you you will try you it's will just definitely yeah try. there's gonna be a lot of, so it's gonna be insane last year I, I remember the biggest the biggest headline mm-hmm. when the raptors i won the conference finals and then won the finals was that no one was arrested i don't know why that was the biggest headline but it was a headline mm-hmm if, in regards to the parade. Yeah, yeah there in was... regards to the parade. Sorry, yeah. In regards yeah. to the parade and people... No, but even the night before, right? Like, even the night they won and people were going crazy in the streets, no one was arrested. Mm-hmm. If the Leafs make it to the cup final or the Canadians make it to the cup final, there will be lots of arrests. Yeah. yeah, because everyone will be breaking social distancing except me. I will be in my home. I might go on my street and start screaming and crying. I don't know. Maybe I'll call you guys. We're gonna have to do an emergency podcast. It, it's just gonna be yeah. too much. So celebrate with our our uh, not so sponsor uh, Golden Star. Two on one podcast. Two Listen, podcast. we like talking about hockey, but sometimes you get a little hungry. Why not order Stop. Golden Star? Oh my god! Good so guys, um, we actually asked them this for sponsorship. We should. Why not? We'll go for it. Eh? I, I mean, hey, here we are. We're taking this water break. You know, trying to you know get the transitions going. Uh, but we'll we'll stick on the note when it comes to the playoffs because we've gotten motorcycles. I hate them so much, especially driving because it's like you know vroom. they're gonna room room man. Jesus Christ. Well, um, I'm going to ask each of you about a certain team because, again, yeah, like, sorry to repeat myself, sticking on the playoff note, we've got a bit more information about 24 team stuff. Uh, we figured out that, we not figured out, but we had we word that the vote was 29 to 2 from the NHLPA. We figured out who those two teams are who voted no, that being Carolina and Tampa Bay. So right. I want each of you to, I'm going to give one of you a team, and I want you guys to just tell me probably why they don't want this format and probably how it's affecting them in the, their current situation. So yeah. uh, which of you would like Tampa and who wants Carolina? I'll take Carolina. Okay, I'll take, yeah. <laughs> All right, Let, then... Um, then how about Alex start with Carolina just because yeah. they are a team going to have a more in a more important series to start their playoff with the uh, New York Rangers of course the hottest team probably going into the break them or for the Flyers I'd say yeah so the, there's two tweets I have here uh, one's from Sarah Sivian from the athletic well they're both from the athletic just this one is from Sarah Sivian uh, Jordan Martinuk who is the the team rep just confirmed the Canes were one of the two teams to vote against the 24 team return to play format. Uh, doesn't necessarily think it gives the Canes the best odds to win the cup and gives some of the fringier teams an advantage, but they are prepared to move forward. Then um, Michael Russo, who we all love because this guy just gives the best stories about Minnesota. 
this is the God who gave us the Paul Fenton, the Paul Fenton article. Um, he retweeted it and said, Canes went from 80% chance to make the playoffs to a coin flip versus a New York Rangers team that was 4-0 against them. Uh, lots of teams felt there was some inequity. Carolina just had the fortitude to vote against it. But it was never that the Canes didn't want to play. So I also happen to have the reason why the Lightning didn't vote for it. And I think they're, I'm not going to explain it, but I have, I think what, this explanation makes total sense to me. Saying, hey, we don't think it's fair for us. Mm-hmm. So, Daniel, why didn't Tampa? Yeah, um, uh, Alex. Oh, sorry, uh, Adam? No, no, sorry. I just I spilled some water. So for those of you watching on the YouTube, uh, you're probably going to have a very <laughs> funny thing. But yeah, sorry. Yeah, this, is a, this is a Tampa Bay team who... I mean, got humiliated last year. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so take it away with why would Tampa probably vote no? How does this affect them? Yeah, like um, their rep- their team representative, Alex Kalorn, talked about it too. Um, this was an interview with The Athletic he had over the weekend. He said that they didn't feel it was fair that certain teams that probably wouldn't have made the playoffs would have a chance to make the playoffs in a best-of-five series. Um, and this is him talking. He says, my team also felt it was unfair that the teams with a bye would – not be as well prepared for a playoff series as the teams that have already basically played a playoff series to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing where, like, he talks about, yeah, two things he talked about, like, you know, the whole Columbus debacle last year where, you know, they were easily defeated in a sweep. But at the same time, too, it just... I don't know how to think, like, I think about, like, international tournaments where there's always eyes or... The top seed always moves forward without playing that extra game. Like, it's, I don't know, it's just kind of something that you kind of just, you adjust with. That if you already have the confidence in your team that, you know, you're already going through the training camps, you already had the exhibitions, you're already, like, you know, having your practices in between these best of five series. Like, I expect that you're still going to be team ready for, like, for whoever you face. Right. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I'm so confused at what he's what he's saying because the whole my like I could be completely wrong here, and what his role is as the team representative is he not looking out for the best interest of his team? Is that not his job? Yeah. So why does why does it matter that? Other teams aren't getting like art, and I I don't understand. I think it's like I don't. It's just and for me personally, this is like the beauty of the game for hockey, where even no matter what the format was, you know, there's always going to be like a certain degree of parity, right? So to kind of like argue that oh, we're not going to be as like prepared as the other team that you know had to actually go through the other series like but, i think they had to have the advantage but like they are they are yeah, going to be like, prepared the whole point of the round robin system of going 1 to 4 is so that they're prepared mm-hmm. it's probably yeah, every team has two exhibition games it's too. probably the smartest thing the nhl added in saying hey we're going to have a 24 team playoff format uh 
and this is how we're going to do it. But when you first look at it, well, those four teams aren't playing a, a, a series. Well, hey, let's throw in you are you're all going to play th- at least three games. You're going to play. So you're going to play three games against each other. Whoever has the most points gets the first seed. Mm-hmm. Do you guys think that there's a bit of insecurity for Tampa Bay there? Or am I reading too much into it? I don't, I don't think they, they don't see their advantage, I think, where, like, you know, this is going to be playoff hockey, you know? Like, the team that has to go through, like, the best, like, the first, like, seeding, it's just, this is a team that's going to be, like, to be honest, they might be a little battered by that point. Yeah. That I think what Tampa's kind of gained in the regular season with their seeding is that that's what they kind of come in with, where, you know, they're, they're going to have fresh legs. Yeah. Man, Tampa Bay. I mean, yeah, rough at the end of it. I feel more bad for Carolina because Igor Shostorkin's rested. If not, Alexander Gorgiev is there. Henry Glunquist is pretty good. Mika Zibanechad and Terry Panarin, a lot of really good players there. Um, Before we one, move on, just just quickly, I meant to bring it up before and I forgot. Buffalo was 0.8% away from making the playoffs. Yep. Oh, yeah. How do you feel about Adam? <laughs> about Montreal edging them? I love it. I love it so much. Sorry, Will Chrysopoulos, but... <clears throat> it sucks, but... Because the Sabres had two games in hand, right? At the same time, though, I don't feel bad for you, because um, be better. I say that as um, a... 500 a team. An exactly 500 points presented team, but no, it, it sucks for Buffalo, yeah. Um, but hey, listen, I'm I'm sorry. I really no, I'm not. I'm sorry. My my team has a chance. Yours doesn't. I'm sorry. That's what I have to say. Um, but you know, again, some more stuff on the playoff stuff. It seems I'm I'm so sorry. I'm so my room is just. I have one of the rooms in the house where like the AC just doesn't give me anything. So like I'm either gonna sweat. Like hell, and I want it. If you're glistening, no one's listening, as Gary Gould would say. But uh, one thing that looks like the league and the PA are definitely going to be at banging heads about is about reseeding. And Brian Burke speculated on Tim and Sid. I think Elliot Freeman has uh, said the same on the 31 Thoughts Quickie that was released last night that the league are probably going to give in to the reseeding. So that means if there is a scenario where the Bruins are a certain or the first seed and Columbus don't beat the Leafs and the Leafs move on to a real first round. That means the Bruins and the Leafs would not meet in a first round series, which I got to think you guys are pretty happy about. Yeah. I'm very happy about it. I'm very happy about it. Pardon? As Alex is dancing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm very happy. Oh, before we move on, sorry, I just saw it now. It was according to James Myrtle. Apparently, Nick Robertson will be part of the expanded roster for the Leafs. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Um, oh, because he he was signed before, wasn't he? Yeah, he was signed at the beginning of the year. I absolutely love it. I can't wait to see the replies on that. By the way, um, I built so I think they're they're expanding the roster for us. I wrote it down. Where is it? Maybe I didn't write it down. I apologize. Um, but I believe they can have uh, 27 skaters. That includes three to four goalies. Sweet. Hey, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to need it for this, right? I don't see a point in doing any sort of 
roster size. Uh, last thing on the playoff format itself. Um, we know now that for sure the cup final and the conference finals will be seven-game series when it comes to the first and second round. And I believe the play-in exactly. Nothing is... I swear. Vroom. Is officially confirmed <laughs> with those series lengths. Well, we know the cup final, the conferences, will be seven games. Sweet. Who doesn't love that? Yeah. So, and then the round one, round two, and the play, and the round play-in is best of five or best of seven? I thought, I saw that like, nothing is quite confirmed. Yeah, they haven't decided if the play-in and the first two rounds are either best of five, best of seven. I'm guessing that just it just depends on when they start. Yeah. Speaking of starting, there we go. Uh, the NHL seems to be looking at starting uh, the 2021 season late as December, maybe maybe even January. Yep. And uh, the Batman made a really funny joke. I don't know where it was, but of starting with the Winter Classic. So what i got to ask you guys is, are you excited to start the 2021 season with an outdoor game between the Kings and the Blackhawks? I am definitely excited to see that. That's mm-hmm. cool. You yeah. mean the reigning cup champions, the Chicago Blackhawks, because I they know. will go on to win the Stanley Cup, of course. I mean, they reacquired Andrew Shaw. Yeah. So Exactly. Know. Who are they Bring missing? The Who are they missing, though? Who are they oh. missing from the big cup runs? Uh, Lads gone again. True. Uh, Dustin Bufflin. For the year. Dustin Bufflin. Yeah. Hey, Marion Hosa. <laughs> Hosa. Uh, bring him back as a consultant or something. I don't know. <laughs> Man, that, I wonder if you. Sorry, I was just going to comment on what you were saying. I, I, I think it's. Uh, it, it makes sense. Uh, my guess is I think they're going to push it as far as they can until they really – they want to have fans in seats at the start of the 20, uh, 2020-2021 season. And I think they're going to push it as far back as they can to get that. And I, I don't know if we're going to have that in January. I think that's what people are talking about. And I think mm-hmm. certain things have to go right for that to happen. But, yeah. and I'm kind of going a little bit off point here, but it's, I don't think we had this written down. I think this changes a lot for what that, for next season and the season after that looks like. Because, so next season, let's say they start in January, they don't play the play, they don't play, the all-star game scrap. That's absolutely out of the question. Mm-hmm. But if Bet- if what Bettman's saying is true and he wants to have an 82-game schedule next year, I I still think it's going to go from January. It's most definitely going to go past June, probably into <laughs> July, maybe the beginning of August. And you're going to have a condensed, you have a smaller uh, off-season. They are not. I'm telling you, I don't think they're going to the Olympics in 2022 because it affects next season in 2020, 2021 because they're starting in January. So it'd just be the 2021 season. And then you start again in October and give them, what, two months off 
You're telling me you're go- you're willingly going to let them go to the Olympics after just playing hockey consistently for a year straight? Yeah, yeah, unfortunate fact, but I could see that being a possibility. Another excuse, not an excuse, but another reason we're going to say, yeah, don't send the guys this time. Especially, um, I remember, um, okay, when I was younger, I never used to understand, like, oh, like, why is this such a big deal? And then I think when it was, like, Shea Weber's, like, like, the insurance they had on his contract before he went to the world champ like yeah. when they like, i think the montreal prevented him from going to the world championships because like it was just way too much he was coming off injury and he wanted to play for canada and they're yep. like no we can't afford it hey i mean shea weber his leg one bad one bad thing to his knee and that guy um... in my opinion i think a lot of people forget that the nhl is a business yeah and it's not just a game like we see hockey as a as a game, right? In a way, mm-hmm. you you get like in that sense, like hey, we're watching hockey. Hockey's a sport; they're just playing a game. But I think we kind of sometimes we forget that the NHL is a business that needs to make money and is trying to limit their costs, like any business. Yeah, that's just my opinion. I remember, um, I believe it was Garth Snow when he was the GM of the Islanders in 2014. Remember when um. Yeah, I think the Islanders were in a playoff spot, and they were actually selling tickets pretty well. Yeah. And John Tavares breaks yeah. his leg at the Olympics, and then they plummet in the standings, and they lose money yeah. from the ticket sales. So it's like another like factor to uh, consider as well with For sure. this. We're going to have a lot of Olympic talks then, I guarantee you. And another no- hypothetical lineup? We should build another one. Probably. We're still doing redrafts, all right? Let's... Calm down here, all right? <laughs> Let me read you guys a tweet from Rick Westhead. Batman says NHL may process as many as 30,000 COVID-19 tests during the playoffs, which will cost the NHL millions. Again, infectious disease experts say this misses the point. The NHL buying many drive, sorry, the NHL buying may drive up prices for others and could impact lab processing times. And we talked about this a bit before the show started. Yeah, Alex, you brought up some good points there. So why don't you uh, mention them now? So before, you know, for the prep for the show, obviously I was just listening to half the things that Gary Bettman and Bill Daly were talking about. I, I didn't get to finish it. But the uh, media call right after or after the uh, press conference, his 15 minutes on Sportsnet, uh, one of the questions was actually about testing, and they were talking about the the rigorous testing that's going to be happening, right? You brought up 25,000 to 30,000 tests. The officials that they're talking to are saying, listen, by the time you're doing this, it seems that that amount of tests will be not use, not useless, but it will be like, man, they're doing so much testing that those don't aren't as big, aren't don't matter as much, right? And, and and I guess that makes sense to me because look at what was happening on Ontario over the last two months. Like you look at what how many tests they could pro, how many tests they could do a day at the beginning of the month at the beginning of this whole situation uh middle march and now we're at the end of may 
So it's been what two and a half months, and we can process twenty or we can do twenty thousand tests a day. That's, I think that's a big increase. Like I think it was about five thousand. Now it's twenty thousand. That's a big increase, and I think that's just going to continuously that will continue to grow over time. And it's not like the NHL is going to buy tests tomorrow. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's not what the plan is. I think the plan is, hey, we're going to open up phase one. And we're phase two. The Their teams are supposed to deal with the testing. And the mm-hmm. league will get involved if the team can't get that done. And uh, the same goes for phase three. When the full training camps start, the team is responsible for it. Then phase four is when the NHL is going to, I'm assuming bulk by all these tests but at that point what will 25,000 to 25 to 30,000 tests be to how much tests are being created a day I think it's a lot of questions still because I thought the I know the remember seeing on news the Ford government is still looking at alternative ways to test and we don't know what a second wave will look like if there is a second wave and right opinion there's probably going to be a second wave but what right. what i really wanted to ask you guys about is the us were giving a bit of exceptions to uh, athletes and canada seems to be staying quite firm on the fact that the 14 day quarantine needs to happen are you at all worried because i definitely am that the states have opened the door for some exceptions for athletes when I don't think you should be. If they... Okay. If they can do it safely, and it seems like that's what... Like, a lot of leagues are taking precautions, right? The UFC, they've upped their... Upped how they're doing their testing. I can't remember how they're doing their testing off the top of my head, but they are doing more testing. That's my understanding. The Bundesliga started, and it seems like things have started well. The Premier League is just testing all their players in batches and they're identifying who's positive, who's negative, and they're going to go from there. And, you know, La Liga in Spain is going to do the same thing. If they can do it safely, then do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But what, what do you make? What do you guys think of the idea of giving athletes special privileges, though? Don't do it. In what way? In letting them come back to. Yeah. Well, Daniel, you say don't do it. Expand on that for me, please. I think, you know, we've talked about it before, where there's all these, like, you know, it's not just these single athletes or anything. It's, like, these guys that they've been in other countries, like, for so long. They've been in other regions. It's just, you know, don't waive anything. Just go through, like, the processes how you would for anybody just to make sure everything is consistent but if you know they can get if they get tested beforehand and they test negative Mm -hmm. and you say hey you guys have all tested negative you guys come back to the u.s or the u.s or canada isolate for 14 days which is what the government is telling you to do the nhl is still saying you should isolate as much as you can right which mm-hmm. is basically saying stay at home unless you have to go get groceries. Pretty much. Yeah. Is that okay? Because at that point you're confirming that they're all negative and you're even taking the extra precaution and saying, hey, 
you've been to Sweden, you go directly to your house, you go directly to where you were living before, stay mm -hmm. there for the 14 days, which is what the government and medical officials are saying is the time period where you will produce symptoms. But how do you know you can track these athletes and that they will quarantine? Well, how have they been doing it now? I don't know. That's the problem. You can't track every single athlete of over course. in the the world right it's it's just impossible to do that and we you can't control them when they come over like well okay for me i just i, I just have this idea you, right now sorry oh, go, go. i was gonna say oh you tell the yeah. players say hey you want to play hockey you want to play basketball you want to play soccer you're gonna stay here you're going to stay here for 14 days if not no hockey because that's what's gonna happen Oh, my idea was just kind of like you regulate these things like the same way you would like a urine sample when you're in training camp mm -hmm. kind of thing where it's just kind of like everybody's all doing this at like one time because like, I don't know, like I think it's a, it's like a kind of thing I think about with everybody where you can tell <laughs> these people like, you know, don't go out to do all these things, but it's just, it is, it is going to be a lot to manage with these many players. It's going to be difficult. I mean, people are queuing hours to go to Red Lobster in the States. Look right. what happened to Toronto the moment they got some leeway. It's going to be a difficult challenge. But we, um, one last thing before we get to the draft lottery, though. Alex, yeah. Brandon Lemieux is still suspended. Yeah, he not is. Mario. Not Mario. Not Mario, no. Mario is not suspended. What? Brandon Lemieux is suspended, guys. Does Did they determine how many games? I forgot. I... No. They never. They said once we figure out what's going on, we'll give him games. But he, like, he'll get games because he's Brandon Lemieux. But he doesn't. Will he there's though? No Will he though? Man, I wouldn't be surprised if they forgot. I really wouldn't. <laughs> I don't remember what he did. All I know is it was it was hearing worthy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I I don't think they'll maybe they'll give him a game or two. Is he um? Excuse me. Is he Claude Lemieux's son? Yes. Yeah. So yeah. They play the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say the apple didn't <laughs> fall far. Did it, guys? No. We've got we've got two things to talk about here. Actually, three main things. Okay. Somehow we haven't mentioned the fact that the draft lottery was really <laughs> the idea for the draft lottery came out yesterday. It's super complicated, but Alex, I think you have. You have put it together in a way I yeah. think we're all going to understand. If not, we're all going to question and get confused together. But three minds is better than one. Yes. So, so just to start, I really, the, considering the circumstances, I think I disagree with the idea that you have the eight teams in the, the eight teams that lost in the draft lottery. But that's just me being very, very picky. That's just me being very picky. So there's going to be 15 teams, just like usual, that take part in the NHL draft lottery. So the teams 1 to 7, uh, obviously by points percentage. So Detroit, who is team number 1, 18.5%. Ottawa, pardon? I could have sworn they, they were Detroit. I didn't know they were last by points percentage. Oh, no. Two point. They had 27 and a half. Of the points they could have gotten this year. <laughs> okay. So Detroit, 18.5%. Ottawa, 13.5%. 
Ottawa again, this time from San Jose, 11.5. LA, 9.5. Anaheim, 8.5. New Jersey, 7.5. And Buffalo, 6.5. So those are teams 1 to 7. Now you're probably wondering. I can't stop laughing. The Detroit at 22%. That's our point. (laughs) 27, yeah. Sorry, continue. Uh, you're probably wondering what the hell happened to the other eight teams. So they classify them as placeholders, team A to H. A is 6%, B is 5%, C, 3.5%, D, 3%, God, E, 2.5%, F, 2%, G, 1.5%, H, 1%. So it should add up to 100 in total. If it doesn't, let me know. I, I Maybe I wrote it down wrong, but I'm 99% sure that's right. So, if a team from bracket A to H wins pick 1, 2, or 3, a second lottery has to happen, which will determine which team from bracket A to H will win that specific pick. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, all teams from A to H have a 12.5% chance of winning that specific pick. Let's use an example. Let's say pick one, they're doing the lottery, and team C happens to come out and say team C is the winner. What would happen? So we'd have to have a second lottery after the play-in round. And what would happen is team A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, those would all be filled out now because... The playing round has happened. So those teams, the eight teams that lost would be put into that place. Each team now has 12.5% chance of getting that first overall pick. That's crazy. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's like... Kind of. Okay. What doesn't so, make sense? What happens if all three of the lottery picks go to a team in the qualifying round. Is there just, again, just one more lottery? Yeah. So it ha- so there's going to be a second draft. Like, there's going to be a phase two draft lottery. And then what would happen is similar to what would happen in um, a regular draft, the regular draft lottery where, okay, let's say uh, Detroit does get the first overall pick. Then the odds would switch, and I didn't find I couldn't find what the odds would switch to. If let's say Detroit gets the second pick, so what are the chances Ottawa gets the second overall pick with their own pick, right? So those shift, right? So Ottawa then it, it's kind of I don't know the percentages off the top of my head. So at that point, let's say let's say all three picks were from Team A to H, hypothetically. Let's say Team A gets the first overall pick then the percentage percentages would shift so that all the teams have equal odds of getting the second. And then, again, the odds would shift that all teams have the same percent, all the teams remaining have the same percentage of getting the third overall pick. Okay, um, question. I don't know if I'm explaining this properly, but that's to the best of my knowledge. So what if... So what determines which team is A through H when they get eliminated? Points is percentage. Points percentage. Okay. In the regular season. 
I don't have any more questions. Okay, Daniel. I I get it. I get um. It. Yeah, a lot to kind of think about. Um. I don't really have too many questions. There's a lot to kind of take in right now with uh, everything. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get back to you on the okay. episodes with See, this one. The, the only issue I have with this, and, and to be honest, it's one issue. It's very simple, is that I would rather wait until after the the play-in round to do the draft lottery because then you can slot in teams A to H. Because right now, what they're saying is, oh, all the teams A to H have a 3% chance of getting the first overall pick. When you do the math. When you do the math that I don't understand. When you boil it down, apparently it turns out to be 3%. Yeah. This, okay, all right. <laughs> I think I get it. Like I, I think it's good. I, 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 yeah, I understand. It's just like I think the more in depth things, I just have to like I kind of refresh myself with this more as like they kind of figure it out. It, I love how it's a scenario that, and this is what people have been talking about. Montreal could beat the Penguins, and there's a good chance the Penguins could get the first overall pick or a lottery pick. Yeah, which is hilarious. I mean, and the lotteries have been wild over the past few years. Yeah, you know, they're guys, a lottery. Philly moving up to two, despite having a 1% chance, I think, because they were the team that just missed out. Yeah. That's moving up to get Heisken in a few years ago. Um, uh, New Jersey winning it twice because they, have Taylor, they had Taylor Hall on their team. <laughs> the power of Taylor Hall. Mm-hmm. The ultimate loser once he got to the show. <laughs> I get it. I think, I think, I, I get it. I get it. Okay. I get it. It's good. It's, it's, it's. It's creative as well. Yeah, and I think I think we should give the NHL credit for that because I think they worked around a couple of the issues. I, I really think they did. I think one of the issues that um, Adam and I talked about, I don't remember if we talked about it on the podcast, but you know, what are they going to do with those conditional picks? Yeah. Right? And, and, and I think they've kind of set made that clear. They made it clear that, hey, the first round is not the playoffs. The play-in is not the playoffs. So if your team makes it to round one, that is considered the playoffs. So let's say uh, if it was, what was, if the condition of the first round pick is you make the playoffs, well, if you lose in round one in the play-in round, that pick does not get transferred. Mm-hmm. It goes to the next. I think yeah. Let's think about. Right, I think that's the condition of the Vancouver pick, right? Yeah. Is it? I think so. Or is like it if, top three? Uh, or is that the Toronto? Pick? But, uh, oh yeah. Well, I think the Toronto pick is like Carolina gives either the lower pick between them and Toronto for right. Brady Shea. Yeah. yeah. But I think the Toronto pick is conditional as well. Uh, if it's either this year or next year, I think if Toronto gets a top three pick or top ten, no, it's top ten. If Toronto gets a top ten pick, mm-hmm. they give next year's first round. They can give next year's first round pick instead. Okay, um, so if the Canucks miss the playoffs in twenty twenty, right, the first rounder is moved to two thousand and twenty one. So if Vancouver loses in the first round to Minnesota. 
the playing round, sorry, the playing round to Minnesota. Then that pick does not is not given to New. Uh, is it to Tampa or New Jersey? Where did it go? To, to? New Jersey, because it was the Blake Coleman trade. To New Jersey. Yeah. If they make the playoffs, it is given to New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's not. See? That's not terrible. They fixed it. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat. <laughs> They're, they might run into issues if the first and second round of the playoffs turns into a best of five. Then there's certain conditions on games played and stuff like, like especially games played in the playoffs where they might have a couple issues. Yeah, that's going to be... And, and then, uh, like, let's say... I don't know if there is a specific condition, but, like, getting a, a certain amount of points. Yeah. And then that's another question about the playing round and about, like, where would those points go? It's just even more of a, right. a big question mark. Right. Yeah, this is just something else, isn't it? This whole... Again, yeah, like you said, kudos to the NHL for really... Excuse me. For, like, we always want the, the league to be a bit more creative, right? And it really feels like they've done that with this format and the um, sorry, the, you know, the twenty fourteen playoff stuff as well as the draft lottery. And I, I think it's as fair as we could hope for it to be, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. This could have been a complete mess. You could have had all of the teams like uh, of the twenty four, you know, like those outside teams being it, but they they didn't do that. They were smart about it, which I I really appreciate from the league. And they weren't silly of, like, saying, oh, you know, like, my very wild idea for my playoff format, everyone else has the same amount of odds to win. You know, they didn't do anything too hokey like that. So a lot of respect to the league for doing that, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, giving the league credit. It feels weird, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, they, I've, like, they actually done a pretty good job with all of this. It's a lot to kind of, like, take in, but at the same time, too, like, it's been a kind of a process where they're trying to make it as smooth as possible. Yeah. For sure. A lot of, like, wiggle room to kind of, you know, amend things as they go. Another big point mentioned about all of this is the PR for the NHL and all this, that they really are, you know, the MLB and NFL seasons are a bit of a different case, but and I think all we know so far for the NBA is that they are playing in Disney. <laughs> all, it's all so, but confirmed. Yeah, and no. now the, the NHL has kind of been the first of the big four to really come out and be like, this is our plan. And as yeah. Elliot said, on Timmons as well, his timeline was full of NHL news, and I love that stuff. It, it's it's such it's it's great for the game too. Lots of eyes on it, which is what they need. Yeah, I, I think the NBA took a little bit of a different approach uh, than the NHL in saying, hey, let's decide where we're gonna play. And they've mm-hmm. been ki- kind of quietly talking about how they're going to play. Now I think they kind of came out and said, hey, why don't we try this format? Why don't we try that format and see kind of what gets across? I think they they were talking about doing 1-16, to 16, which would be absolute chaos, and I love it. Yeah. Oh, that would be insane. <laughs> oh, my I God. I saw the Raptors run. And like if they did, I think it was one to sixteen. How much easier it would be? Like they, I think I saw they played Denver. It, it would big, oh God, it'd be like Memphis, and then it'd be Memphis, Denver, yeah. and then and then LeBron, Laker, yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, I, don't, that, that was... I I'm not a big 
basketball guy, but I know LeBron's good. LeBron, they've had trouble with LeBron in the past. Yeah, I, yeah, their first place year with Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Didn't, like, that was the, they got the, swept, did they not? Yeah, Le- LeBronto year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was a free agent, was he? Right? That was LeBron's free agent year? Uh, 2006. No, 2000. Okay, so the first year they faced LeBron, they, they actually got it to six games in the conference finals. Yes. And then they're like, oh, look at this momentum. And then the next two years, they got swept both times by LeBron. No, but what what year was his what year was his free agent year? It was 20... Free agents to... 2018. 2018, yeah. And that's that before... Was, uh, that correlated with him going to LA and then the Raptors getting Kawhi. Yeah, he was running when the away. East, was when the East away. opened up. He yeah, was running East away opened from up. Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. LeBron doesn't go to the West. Do the Raptors still win? Yes. Yes. I see smiles on both your face. Where's Will <laughs> when you need him? Um, I think so they do, but uh, I'm I'm not I'm not going to go on record that, saying anything. That team was literally just LeBron, right? The Cavs were just LeBron. They didn't have yeah, Kyrie. They traded Kyrie. Uh, Kevin Love was Kevin Love. Okay. Tristan Thompson was dating Khloe Kardashian. That was every- yeah. I'm hearing name Irving LeBron Irving. Name. <laughs> yeah. Irving whatever. Irving. Uh, do we want to make some predictions on this 2014 play-in then? Yeah. And how about we just ignore the uh, round robin for the top? Of course, of course. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Boston, uh, Boston mention- finishes fourth. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the players and, you know, how these regular season points are going to go, I forgot to mention that, yeah, Ovechkin doesn't get 50 and all that like we talked about, but Nathan McKinnon loses those last few games that I knew he was going to use to catch up on Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, yeah. I want to take a moment of silence for um, for, uh, (laughs) Nathan McKinnon and the season. I'm sorry, Nate. Another season, he won't be able to hit 100 points, which is very annoying. Uh, but yeah, uh, playoffs. Woo, Alex, you have it in front of you, do you not? Uh, yeah. All right. One second here. We're getting the waiting music. Oh, my lightsaber's going to be here tomorrow, guys. Awesome. Um, oh, that's just wow. spectacular. Um, it's <laughs> funny <laughs> you said it, sorry. Okay, here's the, um, here's the playoffs. You want to do the East or the West? Let's start with the West because it doesn't matter. As much. Okay. Matchup number one. The two Canadian teams. Calgary versus Winnipeg. Man, I was watching the thing, this video that Sportsnet put up of, um, you know, because they've been doing all the preview for the series, and they had Sean Reynolds, who's probably, like, my most underrated member of Sportsnet. Yeah. Uh, who does the ringside for Winnipeg. It had... um. I forget Ryan Leslie, who does Calgary and had some pretty had a, had a rough tweet earlier in the year about one of the cheerleaders at, at a Dallas game. If you guys remember that, I do. Okay. And then Ken Reed, former Habs fan who I love, Ken Reed. I actually have his book over there. And they were talking about it, and 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 Ryan Leslie tried his best to try and sell the fact that the Flames could beat the Jets, and I I'm not taking it for a second. No. Johnny Goudreau is not clutch. He's never been. 
and I just I don't see and I don't believe in in Big Save Dave or Can Talbot. So like just for me, Winnipeg win this no problem. Like even if Liney's game is as bad as he's saying it is. By the way, his accent is being drafted is gone. By like I was watching an interview with him, it's gone. But like Winnipeg's winning this. I'm sorry. Like I'll, I'll put money on it. Sorry, um, I missed you. Cut out there for the last part. What'd you say? I'll put money on it that Winnipeg win. Oh yeah, Connor Hellebuck stands on his head. Yeah, mm. like yeah, they uh, you know they did bring in Dylan Demello. I think that was kind of their big addition at the deadline. And, and you know he seems like everyone loves him, right? Paul Maurice Pumper absolutely, absolutely <laughs> loves him. Um, Quote of the year. Quote of the year, and you know Patrick Laine, Kyle Connor, Mark Shifley, Nikolai Ehlers, Josh Morrissey, Neil Pionk. Like they were like, yeah. I, I really think like this is a big matchup that I, I think it goes the distance. But I think Connor Hellebuck stands on his head. You forgot Milan Lucic, by the way. Stop it. I know we were talking about the Jet Stars, but like Milan Lucic, guys. Buyout candidate Milan Lucic. I don't feel bad. I um I actually agree with this lineup. I agree like with you guys as well. I feel like Winnipeg is a more complete team in my opinion. I know like their defense has been a lot of spotty this year, but like I feel like they're more of like a determined team, like together like calgary sometimes like even when they've made these trades like it's like some guy here and there doesn't fit as well as you think they would or this guy's not going to perform as you think he will like we talked about johnny goudreau sean monahan you know like i don't think he showed that he's he could be like a top tier center like he'll be for sure top six but like don't i don't know don't forget about leafs wannabe mike babcock love lover noah hannafin of course yes are we? You know what's really funny? Remember I told you guys I was listening to old episodes. Yeah. I remember there there was a clip where I said, "Man, the moment I said Sean Monahan was underrated, he started tanking, and now everyone's like, no, he's not that good.'" And I'm really. <laughs> <laughs> and for anyone who's trying to say Gujo had a good goal in the World and um the World Cup a few years ago. Let's not forget the penalty shot he whiffed on in the same game versus Sweden. <laughs> Let's I remember it. Let's not let's let's not forget that was four years ago. Okay, get over. Yeah, what's he doing? He get disappears in the playoffs. He's overrated. That's it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, take the heat. We'll take you on Montreal though. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, matchup number two, and I and I think this is a easy pick, but some people would disagree. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers versus the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, I think it's an easy Edmonton Oilers pick right here. Um, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Do I have to say anyone else? I don't know. No. Andrew Shaw. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, like... I think, yeah, the Oilers are going to take it the way they've been able to kind of regroup this year. But it's just, for me, like, this is going to be fun. Just seeing Patrick Kane against, like, Dreisaitl or the McDavid. Like, it's just going to be just... We'll just keep it that. It's going to be fun. I think I think Taze and Kane and Debrinkat 
do give them a little bit of a pain. Yeah. Or a little bit of a pain. But, like, McDavid and Dreisaitl alone, like, let's not forget to mention, like, Kyler Yamamoto. Um, Tyler mm. Ennis have been in East. Yeah. A beast. Ryan Nugent Hopkins. That defense, I'm sorry, not good. And Corey Crawford is not the Corey Crawford of those cup-winning years. Yeah. Do we expect, I don't know, this is what I've just been thinking of. Do we expect a lot of 7-6 games? They're def- both of their defense is, like, really shoddy. <laughs> I, don't think de- I don't think Edmonton's defense is as shoddy as people think. No? And I think, you know, despite me trashing on them the entire year, that's just because Edmonton fans are just the worst. Um, their goal, like, Koskinen has kind of held up. Hmm. I, I yeah, but I wonder how much of that is their system from Dave Tippett. I wonder that, like, if it's the Barry Trotz effect. How good of a goalie really is Thomas Grice? But the difference between the the Barry Trotz and Dave Tippett system is that yes, they play good defensively. Defensively, like we've seen Darnell Nurse, we've seen Ethan Bear, we've seen those like even when Clefbaum was playing, and even Larson take that step defensively that the last few years we have not seen. But mm-hmm. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, like their offense is allow- is just murdering people. Right? That's, I think, the mm-hmm. difference. And I think that will show in this series. That's fair. Um, yeah, I- I'm going to go the same. Um, I- I- I've-, I've, got- I've been thinking about this series a lot more than I probably should be. And man, I just uh, there's there's one thing that never escapes my mind is that I can't wait to see Connor and Leon turn it on because this is a real redemption year for them. Yeah. And one time we saw them in the playoffs, Drysdale was the better player, and I think Leon, and that's what got him his deal, right? But and Connor is the best player in the world, so I just it's I I, I think it's going to underratedly be a fun series because again, Kane, Taves, all those kind of guys. Uh, Kubelik, those guys we haven't talked about. So I, I think it's going to be fun. But yeah, I, I'm going to go with Oilers too because again, Koskinen and Mike Smith has surprisingly had some good games, which yeah. is terrifying. Quickly before mm-hmm. we move on, so you know how we said Nick Robertson's going to be on the Leafs expanded roster? Wait, before mm-hmm. you did, you did just in case you did. What? What you said just in case? Because uh, I'm just covering. You said Nick Robertson was going to be on. Or that you quoted a tweet. Daniel, no, I did. No, Daniel did. I did. From James Myrtle, yes. Yeah. So Chris Johnson tweeted it as well, and uh, Berkshire retweeted it and said, added depth on D, and then tagged Steve <laughs> Tanko. <laughs> no, wait, wait. How exactly can he play, though? Well, it's because, the same way college free agents can play. But he wasn't a college free agent, though. Because he because, was playing because, CHL. But because he signed to a pro contract and the CHL is canceled, right? Like when, what usually happens is you see a lot of players go to the AHL, right? You see them sign those semi-pro deals. Yeah. The AHL contracts, and then they can play in the AHL. But since he's already, he, I'm, I'm assuming he's. A, I don't know. It works. I don't know. I mean, I bet if once the roster freezes over, I bet if they wanted to, 
Cole Caulfield could sign a contract with the Canadians and play for the Canadians, but then he couldn't go back to college in September because the NCAA rules are messed up. I don't, I don't think he'd be able to play because it's after the deadline. Because Robinson signed his ELC before. That's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I think not, that's yeah, yeah, anyway, you're right. Yeah. You're right. We've we been going. So, like, what's the next series? Okay, Vancouver, Minnesota. Vancouver. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Vancouver. Better, Sorry, better Minnesota. Goal Sorry, Minnesota. Better start players. Not, not too old. Yeah. I think, like, Vancouver is deep. I mean, I think Minnesota's defense can make it interesting, but I just don't know what they have offensively that could really make a difference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i rooting for Minnesota. No, you're not. Don't lie. Don't lie to, don't lie to the fans. <laughs> I'm, I want Vancouver to lose. Like, this is not a question. I, I'm rooting for Saku's brother. Okay, okay. Uh, last West matchup, Nashville versus Arizona. Personally, I have Arizona winning this. I, 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 I don't, I don't know about you guys. I don't care about this series. I, I'm interested I, to see what happens, simply because I think they have Kemper back, and I, yes. I think Arizona. I think Taylor Hall knows he has to step up his game because he has not had a good season. And I think he steps up his game. Their defense, uh, I believe Jarmilson will be back if he hasn't already been back. And that's a big, uh, that's a huge add to their defense. So Mm -hmm. I I think Arizona uh, squeaks by Nashville. Arizona, yeah. I think they take it in six or seven. It's out of five. It's out of five. Out of five, out of five, sorry. Um, Out of five. And um, I don't know. uh, Nashville takes a good look at themselves you like what do we have after the season Pekka Rene has, was not Pekka Rene this year that's for sure yeah he's like 37 now right yeah he's old as I have said on the show Pekka Rene is toast but yeah. don't be surprised if if I'm going with Arizona too by the way but don't be surprised if if Nashville put up a fight because they still have Ellis they still have Yossi Philip Forsberg and guys Craig Smith and Kyle Torres. <laughs> Is that a cricket I hear? Pardon? Is that a cricket I hear? Yeah. Um, shall I move to the east? I'm going to assume yep. that's a yes. Uh, yes. Matchup number one, Leafs versus Columbus. This one made me laugh. I think Alex liked the tweet about this, and I saw it. It made me laugh where someone's what? like, it's like don't sleep on Columbus, and they're like, yeah, like anyone would even say that if like don't sleep on Detroit if it was the Red Wings in this like <laughs> I saw situation. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was uh, I don't remember who it was. I saw another one. It's like if you're playing the Leafs, hey, the Leafs are playing insert team here. Don't sleep on insert team here. It could be anyone, and someone will just absolutely trash the Leafs. Yeah, that's okay. I'm used to it. They're very different teams because, you know, you've got the Leafs' star power, yeah. offensive build. Then it's, you know, the Blue Jackets, great defense, don't really have a star. And had two no-name goaltenders be fantastic. When, you yeah. know, the Leafs' Freddie Anderson's had a questionable year and they didn't have a good backup until <clears> they got Jack Campbell. I think this is going to be a very interesting series to watch, but I think ultimately Toronto should win. Yeah, and, and I really think... Uh, I, I listened to the uh, quick Elliot Friedman, Jeff Merrick 31 Thoughts podcast, and 
I think it was on there, they were talking about, you know, Columbus really has to work to get a goal. Yes. That was Jeff Carrick, yeah. Right? Columbus really has to work to get a goal. Whereas Toronto, I think it comes a little more, comes a little easier to them, even if they have to play a tough defense, unless they're playing Carolina, then that just gets thrown out the window. Apparently, I, I don't know. Um, something happened. I can't tell you. It's a secret. We probably had an episode on it. It's not a big deal. Um, but I think it's it comes a little easier, and I think Toronto will uh, Toronto will win. Would you guys be surprised if Columbus won though? I wouldn't, but I'd also be quite pissed off. I don't think I'd yeah. be on the show anymore. I'd have to get a new laptop, um, TV. I, I don't know. There's things in my house that would be broken. Don't sleep on Gustav Nyquist. I don't know. Oh, stop. The girls. My God. Yeah, don't, don't even. Okay. Um, number two, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. This will be a fun one for me too. I, I want to watch this one a lot. Hold on. Before Adam goes on, and oh, if, he's taking it off the wall. If Carey Price goes on an absolute tear of a run, Montreal will give Pittsburgh a run for their money. But I still I think, think this, Pittsburgh yeah. wins this one. I think this one will go to five. Uh, Nick Bushstead, it yeah. was announced he's out for the season. Yeah. Uh, another hit, I think, on Pittsburgh's depth, but we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I speculate. Adam, how about you? How many games is this going? For those of you who can't see, another reason you should check out the YouTube channel, I've just taken down one of the pictures in my room. I've got two words for you, baby. Carrie Price. It happened in 2010 with Yaroslav Halak, but the Habs are upsetting the Penguins and they're going all the way. Let's go. I don't know if Adam actually believes that or not. Aren't you the guy who told me, don't doubt Sidney Crosby? Were you not the guy who told me that? I am. But here's my reasoning. Okay. Yes, was the offense a problem when they lost Byron in June? Yes, but it's more than that. Okay. It has to do with they lost two players. No, don't just give me okay and roll your eyes. I didn't roll See, my the, eyes. I'm, I'm listening. With, with Druin and Byron leaving, yeah. it wasn't just their production. It was that they are fast players, and that is the Habs' identity. For the first time since November, they are healthy, and yes, at the same time, so are the Penguins. Mm-hmm. But guys, Montreal is a team that can score by committee. They're one of the best 5-on-5 five five scoring teams. Mm-hmm. They have... A, a solid right side, Petrie, Shea Weber, an Olympian, a, 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 you could make him a Team Canada captain, not even a question. Yeah. Some great youth with guys like like, like Victor Mete, great character guys on the back, like Brett Kulak, Kool-Aid, my good friend, as I call him. You got the, the guys who can play in the playoffs, like a Brendan Gallagher, Max Domi, who I know, like, you know, I'm going a bit here, but Max Domi's never played in the playoffs. And you really think a player like that, who has excelled in the big stage in Montreal, is not going to turn off for the playoffs? Let's be honest, guys. He is. Um, Cherry Leckin, a great young piece. You know, the Habs are auctioning off playing paintball with him and Brendan Gallagher. You know, I mean, that's, like, that's a great young European player who broke Daniel yeah. Alfred's scoring playoff records yeah. overseas. I mean, like, all this type of stuff. Jonathan Drew will finally 
when he came back from injury, he sprained his ankle right away, all this. He'll finally be healthy and continuing to play as he will. And again, Carey Price, the Montreal Canadiens are going to win this series. I Let have me just two players okay. for you. Yes. Sidney frickin' Crosby and Evgeny yep. Malkin. That's it. Yep. That's all I have to say. Yep. And that um, changes Malkin, everything. Malkin's only good when Crosby's out. That's not true. That what? is not true. So not true. And Sidney Crosby is toast. You heard it here first. Wow. 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 <laughs> I'm clipping that. That is Adam's. Yeah. In the history of the playoffs, the Penguins have never beat the Habs. How many times did they played the Habs? Twice. Yeah? When yeah. was that? In the <laughs> 80s and 90s? Alex, you're clearly not listening to me. As I mentioned, in 2010, the Montreal Canadiens beat the <laughs> No, I'm not listening to you. Because you, you, you just told me, you just told me that Sidney Crosby is toast. So, no, I'm not yeah. listening to you. You're right. Okay. And, and as Daniel has said, the, the Penguins no longer have the winner, the most Hall of Fame-worthy player in the Eastern Conference in Chris Coon. Who's Matt Murray? <laughs> Watch Matt Murray stand on his head this series just to prove Adam wrong. Okay, here's Carey Price standing yeah, yeah. on his head right now. But let me just go hang this up. Quickly. Okay. We I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, probably the most boring series, uh, the New York Islanders and the Florida Panthers. I don't know. I put, you know... The like, Islanders. When who? The Panthers? The Panthers are going to uh, win. I said that too. I said the Panthers too. I said Islanders because uh, the Bray Trot system, like I think like... I don't know. They're, like, the way their lineup is... Uh, I don't know. Florida, <laughs> it's kind of the same thing too. Florida doesn't seem like... It's like Calgary to me. They don't seem like a complete team. They're still trying to figure out They're who they are. They're not a complete team. They said, hey, oh. we need to find someone to play with uh, Aaron Ekblad. And then they traded Vincent Trocek and didn't get someone to play with Aaron Ekblad. Yeah. Sorry, Barbowski, I don't know. I don't trust him. Oh, yeah, I don't no. trust him either. But Barkov, Uberdo, mm-hmm. Yandel, Ekblad. The, yeah. and the Islanders finished their season off very poorly. They think... Since when getting casual, they just could not win. But you know what, Daniel? I think if any, if there's any chance for the Islanders to pull it off, I think it's simply that Barry Trotz needs to look at Matt Barzell and Jordan Eberle and say, "Hey, do what you want." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move yeah. on to the last one: uh, the Hurricanes and the Rangers. I, I think the Hurricanes are going to win. Me too. Why? Why? Uh, we've talked about it before. Their defense is so rock solid, and it's kind of like I don't know. I just think about these teams. Like you know, they've been away for so long. These are guys already that have been playing together for a while, and it's with the Rangers. I kind of feel like this is a year of not competing, but a year of you know patchwork. In a, a way, step, where a step forward, maybe it's the kind of thing where you know, like they gather the materials or the players and they try to build a team, but for later on, not for this year. Like you know, like they have Panarin, who's like he's gonna rip, he's gonna you know dominate wherever he goes, but they're still trying to figure out, okay, who are these guys we have? Like you know, they had like Jacob Truba, 
Capo Caco is still kind of figuring things out. They want to know who their goalie is going to be for this. Um, I don't like. I just don't trust Ryan Strom on the second line. That's very fair. I just absolutely love love Carolina. Mm-hmm. Well, we, what's not to love about them? I mean, you know, the most likable goalie in the league. Well, sec- second most likable goalie in the league. Um, you know, you've got the offensive weapons, Aho, Svechnikov. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't remember his name. I'm going to know it in a second, though. The uh, fin- the Finnish guy from Chicago. Tevo Teravainen. Tevo Teravainen. The def- their defense is ridiculous. And yeah. you're still waiting on Vatanen and Dougie Hamilton to come back. I mean, they're just a really good team. And, I, again, like, I agree with you very much there, Daniels, is I wonder if next year doesn't quite go as planned, and I think it will, but if if this year maybe the Rangers overachieved a bit and maybe people are over overvaluing Mr. Mika Zibanechad because mm-hmm. he played with Panarin. And he had one. Listen, Sam Gagne had an eight-point game once. Before we start talking about Zibanechad having a five-goal game, Sam Gagne had an eight-point game is, is just what I would like to say there. But, like, I, I, I really think Carolina – this is going to be a fun series, and I think the Rangers are the reason why Carolina really don't want to have this format because uh, this could go either way, to be honest, actually. It's just Starkin's the main reason why. Yeah. That's all the playoff matchups. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Daniel. Yes. Your Lego Batmobile, where is it? Uh, it's actually on my desk here. I'm not going to show it's a bit messy here, but uh, it's it's actually a good progress. Um, I didn't realize how big it is. Like, it's it's really like, it's pretty, it's like 60 centimeters. Oh, hold on, hold on. So I'm already like... It, it's it's 3,000 pieces, right? Yeah, 3,000, like almost 3,400 pieces. So the Falcon is 1,400 and it's bigger than my head. And I have, I have a big head. That's why I don't have my hair too short. I have a big head. And you said yours is 60 centimeters? Yeah. Jesus Christ. So, like, um, I'm only on... <laughs> this is such a random tangent. Uh, I'm on, like, bag six out of 25. Well, I was going to ask, 25 bags, eh? Yeah. That's good. That's Wait, so did you get your Anakin Starfighter? No, that's back-ordered until July. So okay. I'll get I just, that eventually. I want to get- I wanted to try and resurrect some Star Wars talk here, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you about Clone Wars because <laughs> you hurt me. So, Alex, Clone Wars, you're at season three now, aren't you? Yeah, I'm halfway done. How are you liking it so far? Who's your favorite character? Uh, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Huh? Sure. Obi Wan. Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Hey guys, what is a Jedi's favorite dessert? Something cheesy. Obi Wan cannoli. Oh. What did What did Luke say to the person who was threatening his sister? You better not lay a. No, no, no! One more, one more, one more, one more. Okay. (laughs) Okay. What do you call? A Wookiee that loves chocolate. A cookie? A Wookiee chip cookie. 
Ah. Uh, no. What? <laughs> like, wait, this makes sense. <laughs> a chocolate chip wookie. A chocolate chip wookie. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's everything. We had a very news-packed episode of the podcast today. Uh, if you enjoyed it, we had a lot of stuff happen on camera. If you want to love and, you know, see what shenanigans... You really do need to check out the YouTube channel because I, I feel like it's we need to get it going as we say every episode, um, and it's it, you got the channel is is one subscriber behind my YouTube channel which is not I'm not happy with that I got to get some distance going there so check Progress. out my YouTube yes. channel as well. Uh, be sure to check out all three of our social medias you know our, our Instagrams Twitter whatever there, um, you know uh, um, check out our Twitters especially because I don't know about you guys my Instagram is pretty barren uh, nothing really happens there except pictures of Krakens. Um, you know, be sure to check those Instagram as well. Get the discussion going on those posts because Alex put so much content on there. But we just we need to get it. We can just get everything going, really. Um, when you're listening to this, your your Spotify's your uh, your voice at the end. Thank you to Voicehead for having us on their platform. Uh, you know, when you're looking at Spotify, follow the show. We want to be like Joe Rogan one day. If you're looking at you know your iTunes, leave you and a five star rating. It helps grow the show. And um, let us know what you're thinking about all this playoff stuff. Do you think that Sidney Crosby is toast?